What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the show, I've got an amazing guest who made a transition from being a financial advisor to a real estate investor. She did this 14 years ago. In her first 18 months, she built up a portfolio of 50 doors, has now scaled that to over 770 uh, some odd doors, is now teaching other people how to do what she did, which is building your wealth, through real estate with OPM, other people's money. Welcome to the show, Edna Keep. Welcome to the show today, Edna. How are you doing? Thanks very much, Dan, for having me. I'm doing great today. Yeah, it's, it's great to uh, have another investor on the show. And, and hopefully today we can make more people investors, especially real estate agents, because I know a lot of times, you know, they're, they're good at buying and selling real estate, but uh, for other people, but, you know, don't, don't jump in uh, as often and as soon as they should. You know, I'm always amazed at how many realtors don't actually own real estate. You know, I think you guys are given a great job taught how to sell it, uh, but not how to own it. So, but it's a total different ballgame, isn't it? It is. I'm, I'm certainly glad that I've, I've been doing both for a while. And, and I know you've been uh, doing a lot of exciting things uh, beyond the investing space and have built up quite a quite a substantial portfolio uh, using this concept of other people's money and I'm sure we'll get into a lot of that before we do though why don't you give people uh, a quick quick background on who you are and, and how you got to where you are today sure uh, well we we forayed into real estate about 14 years ago and I was a financial advisor uh, before that for about 15 years and, uh, you know, Dan, I learned that a lot of people think that financial advisors understand all investments out there. And how I actually got interested in real estate is I had uh, a few of my clients coming in wanting to redeem their mutual funds to put money in real estate. And I'm going, and, and in our area, I think we had a 50-year track record of 3% a year uh, inflation. And I thought, why would you want to invest in an asset class that pays you 3% a year? I did not understand real estate at all. Uh, so a couple of the um, clients were actually really well off. So I thought, I'm going to listen here. And, you know, so they kind of convinced me I should get educated. And so I did. Uh, we had um, Robert Kiyosaki's group came to the city and were teaching us about uh, investing in real estate. So we took a three-hour class that night and then a three-day class. And, you know, the rest is history. We kind of, within 18 months, we had 50 doors, 5,000 a month in cash flow, and um, I, and a net worth increase of a million dollars. And and it had taken me 15 years, well, maybe less than that, but the market bounced all over the place to, to have a million dollar net worth as a financial advisor and with my investments all in mutual funds. So when we did that in a year and a half with wow. real estate, we knew we had something. 
I actually got to the point, Dan, where I couldn't even sell mutual funds anymore. And so I, I for about the last six months, almost a year, I didn't sell anything. I kind of looked after clients and, you know, if, if we'd had something in the works beforehand, finished that. Um, but yeah, I sold my practice, went into uh, real estate full time and never looked back. That's that's quite a, a, a beginning. So it was 18 months, 50 units. Did 50 I get that? doors, yeah. 50 doors. And then that was producing 5,000 a month in cash flow. Did I get that yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's more than a lot of people make in their, their, their jobs. It's most more than, you know, median income in the U.S. So that's quite impressive. Um, so I'd love to, to get into how you did that and, and how people can can replicate that. Uh, first, though, I'd like to kind of go back to the financial advisor because uh, sure. I, I, I think that's interesting because I, I think a lot of financial advisors don't really understand real estate or encourage their clients to do it. And I, I think most of them and, and the way the that industry has changed a lot, as I'm sure you, you know, from from like the 80s, 90s to 2000s. And you know, it's, I, I feel like it's less about the trade now and more about kind of this just accumulation, right? Like, you know, accumulate, yeah, save. Exactly. I'm yeah. gonna get I'm gonna get you I don't know, five, seven, eight percent, maybe double digits in some good years, but but then I get a percent of that every year and and um it's like why on earth would they ever be incentivized under that structure to to actually tell people to invest in real estate? Well, you know, we were trained by the mutual fund companies only, nobody else. So that that is where I really had the blinders on. And that was the only thing I understood, the only thing I'd ever studied and, and learned. So that was that's why. And, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, doctors. Uh, you take the natural paths compared to the doctors that are educated by the pharmaceutical companies. Pharm uh, uh, prescription is lots of times your first, you know, let me fix you with a prescription. Natural paths look at, look at it a totally different way. Uh, how can we do like a full rounded? And, you know, there's there are certified financial planners out there, which what I was, that were not um, compensated through their sales, but compensated by uh, the, the plan and all that sort of thing. And then they could have access to any kind of investments if they wanted to. But fact is, is most of our training came through mutual funds. So you wouldn't even know unless you went searching for it yourself. Do you still own a, a significant amount of mutual funds or stocks or, or zero? You... Okay. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've even, uh, we've bought businesses, uh, like we're working on a Amazon store right now. Um, so we, we, you know, still will look at that sort of stuff, but to buy mutual funds or stocks that other people are managing, absolutely not. Awesome. Well, how did, how did you go from nothing in real estate to 50 units in 18 months? You know, there was two things that we dip, did different than most people. One is we signed up for the education right away. At the three-day event we went to, uh, we were, there was a couple in the crowd who had, uh, were kept talking about this other couple who had told them that they should come to this training. And I found out that they had taken the training two years before and they had 20 doors. And we thought, wow, 20 doors, like that's a lifetime of, of work for a lot of people. And they did it in two years. And um, so at the end of the class, we just decided, do we want to be like that couple or do we want to be like the, the people who just don't 
just get the information, don't, don't do anything with it. So we signed up with uh, Robert Kiyosaki's group called um, the Tigrant Learning uh, uh, Program. I can't remember what it was actually called. And there was, there was a bunch of courses we could take in there, like foreclosures and property management and asset protection. There was a whole bunch. So we chose the five we wanted to concentrate on. And uh, one of them was creative financing. And that's how we really learned about using other people's money, which, you know, I was already good at raising capital. Like, so although it wasn't put in those terms, it was investing. So that was just a different vehicle, right? So that was my absolute favorite class. And, but the, the biggest thing we did is we took the training. We paid 27,000 US to take the training. We don't regret it for a minute. Our mortgage pay down at this point in our lives is more than that per month mm. so but a lot of people they're so stuck <laughs> on that initial investment and they can't do it and and we got a coach with that training and that coach uh worked with us for well you know what i still stay in touch with her you know she i put on live events now for the last five years except for the last two because of covid and about for those five years she actually spoke at my event um i always like to put my mentors in front of my students too and she was amazing for us she opened the doors for us she introduced us to people she was always a source of information so uh the training the coach, and then I guess there was actually a third thing. The third thing we did that was different for most people is, do you remember that couple I told you about that the other couple kept talking about at the very first uh, weekend class we took? We met them through our coach because they were from our city. And she put on a dinner and invited a bunch of her students and we met them and we ended up partnering with them. So that's how we went so quickly to 50 doors because they already had experience. They had 20 doors. By this time, I think we had three, uh, but they took a lot of our fear away because they understood uh, and they, they also had a property management firm, which helped us because we didn't want to deal with that kind of stuff. They understood tenants. They understood the areas, toilets. Like they understood all of that. So when, when they would talk to us about buying a property, uh, at the beginning, I was like, oh, gosh, I wouldn't want to live in that place. And they'd say, Edna, you're not going to be living in that place. Tenants <laughs> are, you know. So took a lot of our fear away. And, um, and, and that's how we first learned about joint venturing ourselves. At the beginning, we actually thought that we might just be the money partner, maybe just invest with other people. But then when we started to see how quickly it was coming, we knew that uh, we wanted to do it ourselves. What, what was it like doing your first deal? Was it, and how long did it take you once you were like, all right, I'm gonna go buy a deal. Like, you know, was it was a couple months. Like, yeah, we, was we that, took the like? in June of 2007 and we bought our first uh, condo unit in September. Of 07. And um one and, and one one unit one or? single condo. Okay. One single condo. And and how it came about was so funny, Dan. I the realtor had taken us out and took us to this apartment building complex or condo. Uh, it, it used to be an apartment building, but they converted it to condos to sell off one by one. And he said, uh, yeah, these are for sale. And I go, all of them. And he goes, No, just certain ones. And it just so happened that my daughter, because I, I was actually was a single mom at age 16. So my oldest daughter had just moved out on her own and she got her own place in, in that condo unit. And I said, is that one for sale? And he said, yes. And I said, okay, well, we'll buy that one then because then I know I got a good tenant because I was also scared of tenants. <laughs> you know what I mean? And 
before we could finalize that purchase, because we had to set up a corporation and stuff, um, my daughter was telling me that the couple next door had lived in their building for 17 years. And I went, well, I'll buy that one too. Because we had taken some money out of the line of credit uh, on our house. Like we had a, our property had almost doubled in value in the last five years. And uh, so we ended up buying two. Now that couple uh, didn't stay very long. They ended up leaving two, three months later because they decided to buy their own unit uh, right in the same complex even. But uh, it still, it took the fear away that those first two people, one that it was my daughter, wouldn't have to worry about the rent. And the second one was that they'd been there for 17 years. And we thought, oh, that should be pretty easy to look after. And then our third property was our first no money down deal. So we had, um, we How'd found you do that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hold that thought. Do you want to get a hundred tips for free from my best selling real estate book, the hyper local, hyper fast real estate agent? If you do go to hyperfasttips.com and you can download a hundred of my best tips today. Again, that's hyperfasttips.com. You can download a hundred tips on how to grow your business, get more clients, deliver more value to more people. Go to hyperfasttips.com. Yeah. I'm just asking, how did you, how did you buy a no money down deal? Yeah. Well, and that, that, that was the part. So we learned how to do that through our class that we took the creative financing one. And we knew that we were going to have, if we're going to get to 50 doors, which was our goal, although we set it as a five, 10 year goal, like we had no idea. We just thought, oh, that's such a big goal. I don't know if we'll ever even hit it, you know? Um, but that that particular house, we kind of, my husband kind of went back and forth, negotiated with her. First, we tried a lowball offer. Uh, she was asking 160, so we offered her 140. No, no, I think I can get more. The work's not even all done. She was working on the property. Then we went back and offered her 150. And she said, well, you know, I'm not going to take it today because we we, th we think we can get more once the work is all done. But if I don't get more, we'll come back and we'll take your offer. And we went, mm, that's not what we want. So we came back with a full price offer if she would uh, vendor finance the down, down payment. And she said, well, tell me how that works because she didn't understand. And we said, well, if you uh, you know, provide the down payment for us, which in our case, 20% down, I think it was 32,000. We would give you a certain amount of interest every month. And we decided on 6%. Um, and then we could give you full price because then, then we have no money in the deal and we can keep going on and buying more deals. And she said to us, oh my gosh, absolutely. She goes, for once in my life, I'm going to win twice. I get full price offer on my property and... 6% interest because I couldn't get that at the bank, right? And, uh, you know, it's so funny. Just the other, I had a birthday this month and she reached out to me and said, happy birthday. So you build these relationships with people. We helped her out a lot. We probably overpaid on the property a little bit, maybe $5,000. But again, people get stuck on a $5,000 uh, amount. Yeah. But, you know, we cash flowed that property from day one, a thousand bucks a month because it was a two bedroom up and a one bedroom down and all brand new windows, everything, everything like that. And uh, so, you know, the first five years we own it, we made sixty thousand dollars on that property. And some people would still be thinking, yeah, but you overpaid. You know <laughs> what I mean? So well, that's, no one, no one ever makes money on a deal they don't buy. So. <laughs>
I know, I know. But I see that a lot. You guys as realtors must see that a lot too, you know. Uh, I still remember this one uh, lady, actually just a couple of years ago, she was a realtor from uh, just outside of Toronto in Canada. And um, she had heard me speaking on a podcast. And uh, I was saying like, don't nickel and dime your realtors are worth every cent. And uh, she said that whole don't nickel and dime your realtors really resonated with her because she said it just drove me crazy how many people would lose a deal over five grand. And, and I told my story about that uh, duplex that we bought and how that five grand was paid back to us in five months. And she said, um, I knew I could learn from you. So, uh, how long did it take you after that? So that was your first, um, your third property it was no money down and it was two units. Um, I mean, at some point you, you must've bought four 10 or 20 units or, or, yeah. or more. Yeah, right? absolutely. So, so our first 26 were a combination of single family and duplexes or ones that we converted into duplexes. And we did a few rent owns and different stuff like that in the meantime. But our, our, then we added 24 units in one uh, at one time. And how that happened for us is I was actually sitting down with a realtor and uh, I was telling him that we wanted to buy 20 houses the next year. And by then we'd already started working with joint venture partners because we couldn't uh, qualify for mortgages anymore. And uh, he said, Evan, why don't you just buy an apartment building? I said, oh, I can't. I don't own enough houses, you know, just a, a mindset a shift I needed to make. And he said, yeah, of course you could. And I go, really? And, and you know, um, I started talking to him about it. And I said, well, that kind of makes sense. And I said, do you have any for sale? And he said, absolutely, I do. He says, as a matter of fact, I'm just doing the paperwork to put one on the market tomorrow. And I said, um, what would it take so that I, I can get it off the market before you list it tomorrow? And he said, it'll take a full price offer. So I wrote it up before I left the office. And he said, well, don't you want to see it? And I said, well, I guess. So I, I knew I had to get the financials and stuff. So I drove by, came back and, and finished writing the offer. And the next day it was accepted. And that was our first 24 unit. And, you know, it, I always tell my students, you know what? It is as easy to buy a multifamily as it is to buy a single family. Once you know and understand the process. And the realtor walked us through the whole process. How did you set up the financing for that one? You know, we actually had some difficulty with the financing because it was so under rented. The average rent in our city at that time was over $800 a month in, in, and the guys who owned it had it at 425, yeah. but you know, they didn't have any debt on it. So it didn't matter to them. We tried talking to them about vendor financing and all this. Oh, they were terrified that we were going to run off all the tenants and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. But you know, the vacancy rate in our city at that time was less than 1%, just so everything that was going on. So we weren't scared. We knew if people were moving out, there was new people moving back in and we can increase the rents, which is exactly what we did. But the trouble we had with financing right off the bat is because the rents were so low, we could only get uh, traditional financing or conventional financing of 50%. So we went to private financing for the rest. And we, we talked, I couldn't do it myself because I was actually still as a financial advisor, uh, other than a few family and friend, friends that I brought on. But my partner raised most of the capital for that one. And uh, so we, we put 50% investor capital, 50% um, from the bank and within a year when we uh, 
uh, got the rents up and everything. Then we re went and refinanced it with 20% down. Paid how, did, how did you uh, go about getting rents up and, and managing it? Did you do that yourself or hire someone or get a well, company? The partner that we had, actually the one who had uh, got the 20 houses that we kept hearing about at this weekend, they had already set themselves up as property managers. So they had a property management firm. So they were actually out of town the weekend that we put the offer in on the property. So I was texting him, texting him, as soon as you land, come over, as soon as you land, come over. And so then they, they said, okay, we'll come. They had two little kids at the time. So I wasn't sure if they would come, but they came right over. And I said, um, hey, if we, if we get this 24 year apartment building, we put the offer, it hadn't been accepted yet would you guys consider being our partners? And they said, absolutely. They were just at a convention and they said, we set a goal that we wanted to own 24 new doors this year and we're gonna get that in one deal. So we said, absolutely. So they managed it. They, they, um, they had a maintenance guy and they had the property management. And what we did is we just went in and we gave a rent increase. When we gave the rent increase, a bunch of people left and the, and the new ones that came in, we even gave a higher rent increase. So within a short period of time, we had the rents up around $1,200 a month. And um, then the other thing we actually did with that building, just because of what was happening in our market, is we actually condo converted it and ended up selling uh, some of those units out to investors at $147,000 a door. Wow. Well, so that's that's how you got from uh, it was twenty six single families duplexes, and then this twenty four got you to fifty in eighteen months. Uh, what what's the growth been like since then? The the decade or or a little over a decade, I guess. Well, you know, we started adding buildings. Uh, we bought a uh, I think the first apartment building we bought after that one was an eighteen unit, which we still own to this day. Then we bought a 24 and then 36 and like we just kind of expanded in 2012 we had a really big deal come our way which was 144 units all at one time it was actually owned uh, by a charity so it took us actually 10 months from the day we made the offer till we actually took possession because there was just some extra steps we had to go through and stuff um but that one was uh we, we always say it was kind of like a home run for us because Again, very under-rented. Uh, so we went in, renovated, uh, moved tenants around to the renovated units, increased the rents and all that. We had that refinanced in 36 months and our investors were fully paid out and ourselves and our managing partner, because that's the other thing that we chose to do was stay with managing partners because we like that business model um, because that was not our forte. I was really good at raising capital, but I didn't want to be in the management side. And so they did all that work. 36 months later, we refinanced, paid out all our investors, each got a $400,000 tax-free payday, which was pretty sweet. Mm. And then had, uh, I think our cash flow at that time was about $6,000 a month from that because uh, our investors got their portion too. So that that's, again, we, we it was a home run for us. Uh, and then from there, we just, we just different deals, 36 here, uh, 35 there. We just bought... Um, in March of this year, uh, was our first foray into the States. We bought 178 units. Well, it was the year before. We bought 82 units in Memphis, Tennessee. And then this last March, another 178 in Memphis. And because uh, some of our prices are getting, I mean, I have students still buying in, in certain provinces, but some of the prices are getting pretty high. And we always tease our uh, uh, investors in places like Toronto and Vancouver. 
we paid per door in Memphis what you guys would pay for a parking spot in <laughs> Vancouver. <laughs> what um, what are the terms that you typically you know get investor money at? And like once once you refi and, and they get their their capital back, are they are they kind of out of the deal or do they stay in? Like how does how does that you know work? Just in case well, people who- how we've done that is we actually keep them in the deal. Uh, because it help it helps us to scale too when we're on title and mortgage and and we don't have non-recourse loans like you guys do in the U.S. We're recourse uh, personal guarantees and all that stuff through Canada, and um, so what we would do is, uh, for example, that uh, 144 units that I explained to you, we took 30 percent of it. Our partners, the managing partners, took 30, and the investors got 40 percent. So when they were refinanced out, they maintained their 40 percent. But they also bought two more buildings with us, you know, with that money. Sure. Um, and so we, what well, that's what we thought is that's a really good way to keep long-term investors, and it helps us to scale too because they're all net worth and everything else is helps us get uh, more and more mortgages. And do they do they get a preferred return prior to being you know refinanced out or? We don't give them a preferred return, uh-huh. but we do pay their principal back before we get anything. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's I mean they can expect to get to get out within yeah. a few years, but then you you probably got other, other deals that you've yeah. lined up. Yeah. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Are you a real estate agent in the DMV area or thinking about becoming a real estate agent in the DMV area? Why not join the highest selling team in the DMV? The Kerry Scholl team is hiring more agents. We have the best training systems, the best culture, and the best environment to get you to the next level, whether that's starting out and getting to six figures or getting from six figures to 250 or to half a million or even beyond. Go to carryshawcareers.com. Again, that's carryshawcareers.com. Yeah, exactly. And our plan is generally a five-year turnaround. And if it's less than that, we take a larger ownership position. So if it's a five-year, it's generally 50-50 between us and the investors. But like that one in, in uh, the 144 unit, we took we took um, 60% and the investors had 40 because we knew cash flow alone, we were going to get them paid out before we didn't even have to refinance. And so when we were able to do it earlier, we also did a 24 unit very similar to that. And we knew that that one was going to take us about 18 months and they got 30% of it and we had 70% of it. So there's different ways that you can do that. Uh, some of it, it's a lot more work intensive on our part. Some of it, we bought turnkey properties where, you know, it takes longer to pay the investor back, but there's no work that has to be done up front, no forced appreciation, stuff like that. Did you, um, did you have any struggles or challenges, you know, owning as many units, managing as many uh, that you do during all of the lockdowns and all of, you know, with we payments and that kind of stuff? buildings that give us challenges. Um, and, and it just so happened that, you know, just, just the way that it worked, we ended up with some bad tenants in there and we couldn't get them out during COVID. So it, it caused us some issues. And then of course, as soon as, uh, August came around, then we were able to kick them out and we got things back on track, but that, that took us for a loop. But you know what? The lenders were really good, Dan. They worked with us and allowed us to defer mortgage payments while we were having those challenges too. Awesome. Well, that's, that's always good to hear. I know a lot of people kind of went through 
through challenges. What's, mm-hmm. What do you think the longer term, like five, 10 year outlook is for, for this space as, you know, as an investment? You know what? I think it's awesome. You know, we, you know, and, and uh, probably most of your listeners know that real estate is a really great inflation hedge. And I think with all the money printing that's been going on, it's going to, it's going to happen. We're going to have uh, hyperinflation. Now we're not always going to hear about it because uh, government employees are all paid by inflationary increases, right? So it's not going to be across the board. They're not going to get, you know, 10 and 12% uh, uh, wage increases, but we're going to see it. And, and so it's not going to be announced on the, on the news saying, hey, inflation is 10, 12%, but we're going to see it in our buildings. And you know what I think is really key, Dan? Like, like the, we're getting really low interest rates. We we're actually going to be getting paid to hold those buildings. If you think about it right now, yeah. we're most of our properties to under 2% financing and we're, inflation's going to be more than that. So it's like, it's like we're getting paid to hold those mortgages. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting way to look at it. And I, I do agree with you. I don't, I don't think most central banks or governments are going to want to admit that no way inflation so they're gonna they're gonna try and hide it and most people uh probably will believe them or, or not notice at least keep their head in the sand <laughs> yeah. yeah that's why it's up to people like us down to educate them uh, and that's what i tell my students like how many people do you know that needs to understand this information a lot of people because uh, that other stuff is not going to keep up with inflation and you know what i found over my years when i was uh working with mutual funds, when, when I left, like we used to be able to tell and, and expect to get, you know, an eight to 12% return. Uh, when, by the time I left, it was like, oh my gosh, you can't ever talk higher than 6% ever. <laughs> well, mortgage pay down alone in our world is more than 6%, right? Right. Yeah. Plus, plus appreciation, tax, tax savings. I mean, there's like, like, there's like, yeah, there's like four ways you make, make money on this. And each one of them is probably bigger than like 6%. So what uh, I know now you've moved into the education space and you're trying to make more people aware and, and, and teach other people how to do what you've done. How, how have, you know, how have you done that? How have you grown that part of, of well i have a program called 90 days to 5k and uh and that was it's all kind of came out because that's what our goal was was 5,000 a month because we thought that would just take a lot of pressure off if we had that extra 5,000 a month coming in and uh so in 90 days you'll learn exactly what it's going to take for you to be earning 5,000 a month in in recurring revenue because that's the thing with uh with your houses we can't with your houses and, and apartments we can't say passive right because there's not no, nothing's really passive but um recurring revenue and once it's set up it just comes in again most of my students are hitting that number between uh, 12 and 18 months because uh, it just takes you know a couple good buildings and and you can be getting that cash flow per month now if they have investors sometimes the investors have to be paid out first there's sometimes you can take a lesser ownership and get something yourself but the idea is there is you know within three to five years you can be fully set um, I call my plan the five-year plan as opposed to that 40-year plan that I used to teach people when I was a financial advisor, like accumulate all these assets, because now it's not about accumulating all these assets, but it's about getting enough cash flow to come in 
And that's how Robert Kiyosaki uh, teaches too, is you have enough cash flow coming in to cover your day-to-day expenses. Have you, have you ever played that uh, Robert Kiyosaki game called Cashflow 101? No, I'm, I'm, I'm very familiar with a lot of his teachings, but I have not played the game. <laughs> well, he's, he's got a game and we were introduced to it early on. And, you know, in the first part of the game, it's a little bit like Monopoly, like you're in the rat race, you're going around and you collect so, your paycheck every once in a while and you have a kid and it costs you so much. And you buy a property and you get a hundred bucks a month. But the idea there is that you will get enough cash flow coming in from your real estate investments so that you uh, your bases are covered or your your expenses, your monthly expenses are covered. And right at that point, you flip the board over, you're out of the route race. And, and there at that point, Dan, and this is what I see happening with my students, when, when that pressure's off to go to work, get that day-to-day, you know, income coming in, all of a sudden the doors are open to what is actually even possible out there? And then people are buying, you know, business that pays them 5,000 a month or a real estate deal that's paying them 10,000 a month. One, one of my students, he was a teacher when he started with me four years ago. He is retired from teaching now and he's full-time in real estate, but he made 600 grand last year alone with buildings he didn't even want. So he used to buy houses. So he got known as somebody who would buy houses. And so he kept getting all these opportunities, but he didn't want houses anymore. He was moving into multifamily. So he wholesaled them to somebody else and made 600 grand last year. Well, you can't do that when you're still thinking about getting the the blood on the table, right? Yeah, it's kind of like once once you take the time to, to, to break through, like maybe it takes you five years to to get to that kind of I'm set. I can cover my daily living. Well, then the next five years you go up like 10x just because you're, you're. Yeah, and that's exactly the freedom. You know, you're free. <laughs> you're free, and and you're mentally free too because that that's the biggest thing. Like people mentally get themselves bound, and you know, even in the game, you get to pick a card for what. Uh, what your occupation is. And when I first started playing, I wanted to be the doctor and the lawyer and the business manager because they made bigger money. But you know, it's actually harder to get out of the rat race when you're used to spending that kind of money. The After a while, I learned I wanted to be the janitor and the secretary because their incomes were easier to replace, right? Right. Well, that's, um, yeah. I mean, just just a great analogy great way to look at it uh i always like to wrap up with a hyper fast round if you're ready for some sure absolutely questions and answers all right what's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate investor get around like-minded people who are doing what you want to do what's your biggest piece of advice to an established investor get a coach (laughs) get a coach who can help you think bigger Uh, Because most people don't think big enough. We didn't when we started. You know, uh, I still remember when my partner thought, wow, we, oh my gosh, we we want 300 doors. And I used to think, oh, you're crazy. Why would you want 300 doors? That's like our goal was 50, right? We thought 300 was just outrageous. But if we didn't know then what we know now, like it's not that hard to accumulate uh, 778 doors in 14 years. What, um, What's the biggest challenge you've had during this uh, 14 or so year journey? Um, You know, I would say new level, new devil. So every time that we were, you know, moving into a different market, 
you know, uh, starting with different lenders that weren't used to dealing with us, different partners, every, every level has different challenges, every level, new devil. So we've always had challenges. We still have challenges. But I think what I learned over the years is, you know what, you're never going to go, you're never going to be without challenges. What you have to work on is work on your mindset so you can deal with those challenges and not let them stress you out. What's the, um, or what, what's something that you're doing now or a market you're looking in now that a year ago you weren't? We just started looking in Jacksonville, Florida, and a year ago we were spending all our time looking in Memphis, Tennessee. All right. So coming, coming down to Florida. Well, that's exciting. Nice. <laughs> uh, last question on the Hyperfast round here. What is your 10-year vision? Where do you think you'll be in 10 years from now? You know, I have a vision that uh, I, I'm still working with students because it's, I, I, everything that I've ever done in my life, it seems to me, brought me to the place where I can give back and, and work with other people. I, I live vicariously through my students. I have just as much fun helping them buy a building as, as we ever did. And I see myself doing more and more of that. I have a goal to have 100000 a month that I can just invest with my students and, and be their like silent partner. You know, so that that's kind of my long term goal. And I think we should be able to hit that in the next five to 10 years for sure. Awesome. That'll be uh, really exciting to see. Um, and and I mean, at that level, you would be making an impact for, for generations to come. So that would yeah. be fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, this has been great. You've added a ton of value. Very inspirational story. I know you've got your website up there. I can see on the background, ednakeep.com. If people yeah. want to connect with you or learn more uh, is there anything else they should do? That's the best way because all my content's on there, all the ways to reach out to me. Uh, I, I generally tell people if you're if you think uh, what we do is interesting, I have a 45 minute masterclass I want them to watch first to make sure that it's a fit for them. And then they can book a strategy call with one of my uh, sales team member and see if it's something that's fit for them. Edna, thank you very much. What an amazing story. You've provided a ton of content. If you're investor or real estate agent listening to this uh go out and, and take action don't just don't just absorb this information go do something about it and make sure you share this with someone else that can get value out of it thank you so much for joining us today and thanks for having me dan thank you for tuning in to this episode of the hyper fat show subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest hyper fashions and remember we love reviews Views help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.